Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Business Lines State of the Economy podcast. Today we have with us Ankit Mittal who is the CEO and co-founder of Sheru which is India's first vehicle to grid startup which is a technology that transfers power back from an electric vehicle to the power grid now v2g enables an electric vehicle to provide the same services that a battery does such as energy storage power backup grid balancing etc now ankit founded sheru in 2019 with the objective of building a platform that helps energy and mobility sectors decarbonize sustainably Now he is a subject matter specialist on electric mobility storage and industrial systems. Ankit is building Sheru into a virtual energy storage platform for the renewables and EV sectors. A graduate from Bits Pelani, he oversaw Sheru's innovation of integrating V2G with battery swapping. And he is also a member secretary of CPOS, a body working on driving the EV charging infrastructure in India. Now Sheru's patented battery vending machine allows for a bidirectional flow of energy both from the grid to the battery and back and this innovation is a global first and brings together a large capacity of idle batteries in the battery swapping ecosystem that can then be used to provide energy storage solutions the work done by Sheru assumes importance now as the power ministry is also targeting to create a mechanism where evs can be used for bidirectional vehicle to grid technologies to not just help charging the vehicles but also for grid balancing with variable renewable energy sources and this is very important for the indian power ecosystem because as india enhances its rd capacity grid balancing will become very important to avoid blackouts and at present battery storage is the best solution for this now ankit will help us to understand how crucial v2g can be or is in india's efforts to balance the grid and you know charge evs sustainably so without wasting much time uh, uh, welcome ankit to our platform glad to have you here uh, you know we would want our listeners to have a break up of this so what is the v2g technology and what are its advantages and disadvantages thank you rishi thank you for having me here so uh, when we think about v2g first of all the full form is vehicle to grid it simply means that having the capability of sending power from a vehicle back onto the grid which has become a possibility after evs earlier when we think about ice vehicles uh, this was not a possibility to reverse flow the fuel that was there in the vehicles for the use of let's say peaking but but with the with evs it's very much possible to really integrate electric vehicles that are coming in and make them a part of the entire energy system of the country which runs on the electrical grid so fundamentally it is a combination of three kinds of technologies one it is at a hardware level an application of inverter tech wherein it allows the vehicle to convert the energy stored in it in dc format in batteries uh, converted back into ac format so that it can go back to the grid second there is a, a software layer on top of the hardware which allows the vehicle to coordinate its charging and discharging time with the grid and third there are market mechanisms 
which are again require some kind of technology to really pass on the benefit for a vehicle owner to participate in grid balancing for their state or for their city or for their for their country whichever whichever uh, is that whoever is asking for it so yeah. it's a combination of three things uh, on which basically this new element of vehicle to grid comes in evs and then benefits the entire uh, uh, entire energy system so i think coming to the second part of the question when we talk about what are the advantages and disadvantages of it i think uh, it's a very new element that is being added into the ev landscape it is a very new element that is being added into the energy system uh, for both the for for both energy as well as mobility it's a new element or, or a new uh, sort of handshake that is happening so mm -hmm. it is very difficult first of all to size up the complete outcome uh, in one go but mm -hmm. when we look at energy transition in the country we see that energy transition in india is a very massive investment affair it requires a lot of investment to go into renewables it requires a lot of investment to go into electric vehicles battery energy storage systems various kind of hardware systems so vehicle to grid fundamentally allows uh, the capex that is going into electric vehicles already to be reutilized for the purpose of grid balancing so that additional capex for uh, grid infrastructure to be able to adopt renewables and not only adopt but also allow them to grow uh that capex gets basically uh, subsidized or circumvented uh, by utilizing the already uh, capex that is happening in the electric vehicles uh, via this new element so i think uh, at a very base level at a very fundamental level it expedites electrification v2g has the potential of expediting electrification on both ends whether it is power production or whether it is uh, electrification of transport whether it is electrification of heating and cooling systems everything uh, so i think yeah that's that's the biggest advantage of it uh, coming to the disadvantage of it i think uh, we are at a very early stage right now to really map out the cost implications mm -hmm. uh, equal to grid or for on an ev or uh, on on the grid or any kind of upgrades that have to be done to be able to adopt this technology at scale both it uh, on oem side as well as grid side uh, but the base level requirements for this technology to work that is how much impact it does on the battery life those things have been globally tried out in various formats for example in india we tried out vehicle to grid uh, tech with the uh, battery swapping first but mm -hmm. in west it was tried out first with electric buses electric fleets etc so some of the early trials have shown that the mar degradation is marginal and the outcome is outsized and that is why we feel that this is an element that needs to be thoroughly examined thoroughly developed upon and uh, the focus needs to be on making it work rather than why it can't work no no very very well articulated ankit uh, uh, i think you since you are in the thick of v2g you'd be aware that india's Achilles heel right now with its transmission. Correct. Uh, now the first um, uh, this uh, tender for uh, battery storage came. The prices total prices with power clubbed RE power clubbed is somewhere around twelve point five rupees per unit to thirteen point ten rupees per unit. Yeah. Uh, if we if if this V two G technology, I know it's it's in early stages, but it holds a lot of promise as in the power ministry is speaking about it. Uh, if this develops further, do you think we'll be able to bring down this 
cost quantum from 12, 12.5 to further down? And, uh, and I, I know I'm asking you a, a question which is a sort of uh, answer would, a conclusive answer wouldn't be possible, but what time frame should we look at it? Should, would it take two to three years for this technology to, you know, standard stabilize and, you know, uh, proliferate? Uh, I think, Rishi, it is, uh, uh, I think answering the first thing, I think we certainly feel that uh, flexible renewable power yeah. is something that is not only to be solved or developed on site. I think when we think about flexible green power, we first of all think about it in two parts. Okay. Power production can be happening anywhere. Power production can be happening via renewable, by solar plants, by wind plants, by waste plants. There are many ways of generating power. And going forward, we are discovering more and more renewable sources. The focus mm -hmm. is in the right direction. Uh, the beauty with renewables is that power production cost also goes down. So yeah. power production cost is always set to go down with more innovation, with more sustainable technologies uh, once the more te sustainable technologies are adopted. So I think, uh, first of all, in principle, power production is set to keep on becoming more cost efficient. When we mm. think about transmission, the problem is that we think about it in silo. We okay. we uh, we say we generally uh, the entire storage requirement is only th thought of in terms of uh, uh, dispatchable RE plants uh, mm. that uh, governments uh, uh, various uh, tenders that come out by state governments or by uh, federal government. Uh, they basically uh, focus more on flexible uh, or dispatchable renewable plants, wherein mm -hmm. the capability to store and dispatch energy as and when needed is already present at the plant. So that is something that we believe can, first of all, has to be thought in two parts. So we the look at the metric of levelized cost of storage. Okay. See that uh, fundamentally the grid, not only in India, but globally everywhere due to the focus on energy transition, which is also coming in through the climate goals only itself. I mean, 50, 60%, 50 to 60% emissions come from energy sector globally everywhere. Mm -hmm. So energy transition at, is at the core of it. And there, uh, everywhere, the understanding is that we are shifting to, towards renewables. So very fundamentally, we are at a trend where the capability to generate electricity in a green manner is already there. It will, all, it will proliferate. The mm -hmm. capability to adopt te digital technologies uh, is already there. It has become more it will become more cost efficient, and the capability to develop uh, or manufacture a lot of uh, infrastructure within the country is also being is also focus area for a lot of countries today. So fundamentally, we have all the things play, uh, in place. Uh, what is missing is the ability to store energy. Okay, that is why the most important metric is the levelized cost of storage. So all these, uh, all these, all these uh, dispatchable uh, plant tenders that come in, they typically uh, have a cost of around eight to nine rupees. Uh, and that too, after a viability gap funding baked as a levelized cost of storage into the total 13 rupees that you spoke about. Uh, we believe that with the value stacking of vehicle to grid on top of EVs with the value stacking of being able to use uh, stationary batteries that are that are replacing diesel generators mm -hmm. uh, for grid purpose also. Th this is basically value stacking. We are reutilizing the same asset for more applications. 
with that the levelized cost of storage for the grid can be brought down significantly it can be brought down in our initial assessments as much as by 30% and uh so in in summary my, our, like if i if i try to answer your question my my sense would be that around 30% cost reduction can be expected out of the uh, uh out of the 80% cost structure of that 13 rupees the rest will also reduce by around 15 to 20% due to innovations and scale up of renewable energy so all in all we can look at a 20 25% cost reduction uh with this element coming in that that's quite a sizable economic incentive to begin with yeah. now ankit you've already uh, given us a, a briefer on how v2g can aid in the clean energy transition yeah uh, you know if i would uh, take a deep dive with you what what are the key characteristics with v2g which really you know can accelerate the transition we are already at a heightened pace of transition but uh, i think there are several gaps or or uh, should i say I, I think gaps would be the better word which right now hinders that pace so what what v2g can uh, can on a larger scale do what that with the uh, you know to to speed up the pace of transition i think uh, at a national level we need to outlay a clear incentive structure for such technologies uh, to be adopted mm-hmm. more than that a clear administrative framework needs to be communicated to grid operators and all the stakeholders of energy system mm-hmm. uh, to evaluate this technology if any vendor comes in with a solution so that it doesn't look like uh, a completely new subject that they will have to evaluate from scratch uh, every time a new solution comes in if i simplify it uh, fundamentally today let's say we go with a solution around v2g to any grid operator it's a evaluation from scratch wherein their requirement has to be from scratch understood uh, then the revenue what incentive they can pay us uh, for providing the service has to be calculated and then there's an entire process ahead of it but this entire uh, process can be squeezed down by having a brace administrative framework communicated that for example the step that cea took is certainly a great one uh, that brings in v2g in a light where there can be a fundamental trust on this new technology for from grid operators point of view to plan their future uh, upgrades or plan their uh, future capacity so i think more such step need to be taken so that first of all the initial evaluation phase can be reduced and second a clear incentive structure a clear revenue structure uh, or a, at least the calculator which the operators and other stakeholders can use to arrive at that incentive that they should be paying that needs to uh, come out more strongly i think these are the two things which uh, will expedite execution in the most uh, core manner there are of course other things that can expedite the execution and adoption of this tech but those are more spread out across the entire ecosystem because see when you think about v2g there is an involvement of an oem also there is an involvement of the end customer who's owning the, that asset there is the involvement of the financing company that might have uh, provide a product financial product around ownership of that asset Uh, there might be some other intermediary in between for example in case of electric cars there might be a charging infrastructure ecosystem that also might have to be integrated uh, mm-hmm. to access their capacity 
So there are different parts uh, to this technology being adopted and its outcome being realized by the country, not only in India, but outside also. Uh, and those things are something that, that as a as a business is a focus area for us to work upon. We we actively engage with the ecosystem. We actively work on each of the execution elements, supply side elements. But the more demand side becomes clear, the more those incentive structures and the administrative frameworks and the initial evaluation frameworks, they get, get clear from the senior stakeholders in the energy system. Uh, that will, of course, boost the entire adoption in a very big way. Okay. Uh, so, you know, based on the last part of your conversation where you've spoken about the, uh, the involvement of so many stakeholders for a single platform. Now, Sheru, with respect to V2G, you have a couple of firsts to your kitty. Uh, okay. I, I can understand when you would have begun with conceptualizing this, uh, this process, it wouldn't have been easy to scale it up. So, you know, that uh, the larger public also starts a discourse on this. So yeah. how has your experience been, you know, stacking up V2G, you know, beginning with it, then, you know, bringing it to the attention of the larger uh, stakeholders, because this certainly is a great concept. But as you've said that the, the involvement of so many stakeholders make, you know, also makes it a coordinating nightmare in yeah. some some sort. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, great question, Rishi. I think... Um... The last five years have been a, uh, so we have been building Shiro for five years now, and uh, it's been a tremendous journey. I think, uh, of course, the since we were doing this for the first time in India, mm -hmm. we uh, had to jump through many hoops to, uh, and and over long stretches. So we the initial trials went on for years, okay. then. Uh, the commercial trial was done for a year, a complete year. Then the usage by the customer took another two quarters to stabilize. And thereafter, we could really materialize how much impact the technology was able to create for the end beneficiary. So I think uh, there's a lot of work that goes into, into breathing life into something like this. Uh, in the initial years of the company for for obvious reasons. But I've been in the deep, deep tech ecosystem for 10 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, prior to building Sheru, I was part of Grey Orange Robotics, which is a, also a deep tech company. India's first uh, deep tech unicorn rather. And uh, there were, in the early years of the company, in the first four or five years of the company, there were a lot of trials, tests, uh, changes, evolution, a lot of things happen in the initial years of the company, but once the technology gets created, once its outcome is fairly understood and benchmarked, then uh, it's like adding a new element to the periodic table. You are basically, we, we are able to impact the PNL of very large enterprises very directly and in a very big way. So uh, I think we are going to see the next five years for Sheru is going to be a big growth journey. Uh, we have already proven a lot of things uh, on ground in India, considering Indian nuances as well, which would allow us to scale in a sustainable way in India. That's one. I think from a global point of view, uh, first of all, we I would like to highlight one more thing out here. We are mm -hmm. not only India's first vehicle-to-grid company, we are also world's first cloud storage company. Mm -hmm. Right? So okay. uh, there is no 
company in the world which has innovated uh, a cloud energy storage platform so far you must have heard about virtual power plants uh, yeah. there are many companies that are working in that space mm-hmm. but fundamentally we realize that as a virtual power plant company uh, at a certain scale they start facing friction from the from their own customers because both are dealing in the same commodity which is electricity having said that we realize that fundamentally we need to provide a flexible infrastructure which can act like a uh, somewhat like cloud computing for uh, grid grid operators and thereby we built the entire technology stack of this distributed over these distributed energy resources as a cloud energy storage platform so uh, this is for the first time happening from india for the world uh, and that allowed us to bring in our unique perspective uh, onto a lot of tables at a in the global forums also mm-hmm. uh, and i think that has allowed and that has helped us drive the seriousness and urgency of this tech to be developed and adopted at scale in india as well in india one, sorry sorry i'm interrupting you one one supplementary question you yeah. uh, you've narrated how five years of you know extreme hard work and coordination has gone into you know where you are now yeah during this process how has opinions changed i'm sure because we indians to a certain extent are very reticent when a new technology or a new concept comes in yeah. and half of our energies go in you know denouncing that or you know so that we don't adopt it whether it is computers whether it is uh, you know cloud or what not yeah. uh, so in this five years uh, you know just wanted uh, quickly how has opinions changed i'm sure when you first went around with this concept though yeah. it was also developing as you explained in your with your first job uh, yeah. how has opinions moderated or changed i think uh, rishi i think uh, when we look at the last 5 years these 5 years were also very different for any other 5 years okay right? uh, there was covid for <laughs> for yeah. <laughs> yes. two years right so for mm-hmm. two three years there was a different life that all of us were living right uh, and generally when you look at a five year plan of a company nobody has that kind of a three years or 60% 70% of the time going towards this thing like this kind of a thing so i think uh, there were a lot of uh, ups and downs due to various reasons in the opinions around this uh, for example in 2019 i remember 19 to 20 uh, pre covid for the first year mm-hmm. it was considered very much far ahead it was considered way ahead of its time and may not be even needed as an urgency every it was the time of uh, when when sustainability was not really a focus area for anyone in the country right mm-hmm. i think to a large extent sustainability has come into a lot of limelight after covid wherein we went through what we went through and we realized as a society that sustainability at a very fundamental level is missing uh and that led to the entire discussion around climate that led to the entire discussion around health revisiting our public utilities everything so suddenly within uh from 2020 to 2021 there was a lot of curiosity to understand things i think to a certain extent we were able to leverage that time well enough and mm-hmm. tap onto that curiosity and bring this into again 
focus focus of entire discussion so i think that helped us and with ev gaining traction what has happened is that and in ev went through a lot of transition you remember ev started out with massive incentives today there is really no incentives True. so and despite that we are at a figure of around 5% ev adoption in the transport of country so we have uh, made dramatic changes in a very short span of time within 2 years we have gone through supply chain crunch to removal of subsidies to a lot of things so suddenly now the sustainability of ev ecosystem requires more to be delivered out of evs and not just an emission impact and that's where the discussion around considering evs as personal energy devices just like considering a phone more than a phone calling it a smartphone making literally a part of your livelihood that came into that discussion right so something similar happened with evs also the moment subsidies evaporated in india as well and for that oh. matter globally everywhere so sure. yeah, yeah so where the, in all this uh, the 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 exercise the the, the endeavors that you took yeah. and 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 as you created your platform netbat yeah. uh, you know where is it net, where is netbat right now and where do you want to chart it um, i think a decade will be a long time but 5 years since the developments are coming in a real more fast than we we would have seen earlier before 2020 uh, where do you where is netbat right now what are the industry talking about it and so you know yeah. and where does it go in the next 5 years so currently we are live at a, a very small scale uh, in delhi with okay. the grid operators in delhi okay. uh, delhi has been conducive all the grid operators were private so mm-hmm. lot of Uh, risk bandwidth was there so it's live today we are serving the grid in delhi right now mm-hmm. the idea is to get to a scale where we are able to service delhi in a significant way in the next 2 years mm-hmm. and the idea again is to get to at least a 1 to 1.5 gigawatt hour aggregated capacity of the platform mm-hmm. in the next 5 years in india having said that india's requirement of energy storage is huge it's india's the yeah i mean the amount of storage capacity in our early estimates and the estimates have been evolving has mm-hmm. been from 200 to 260 gigawatt hour uh, mm-hmm. required for the electrification targets by 2030 which has which is 55 60% renewables 30% ev right so for all those targets to go well 200 to 260 like 260 gigawatt hour storage capacity will be needed so 1 gigawatt or 1.5 gigawatt will be still a very small figure True. but uh, the idea is to at least get to a scale where then we can have the discussion of scale up in a different manner right we instead of talking about it uh, uh, at a company to company level we are able to integrate ecosystem to ecosystem and grow uh, not on multiples of megawatt hours but in gigawatt hours from there on so i think scale up requires different strategies in different phases given it's a new it's a new element add mm-hmm. plus it's a underserved market and not only any underserved market but a critical underserved market so uh, i feel we'll have go we'll have to go through different strategies as the company evolves but that's broadly what we where we see so quickly two last questions ankit one is uh, 
uh, if you could you know break up for our listeners uh, B, your collaboration with bses i'm the discoms in delhi how yeah. has the experience been you know you began with it i'm sure there might have been some coordination issues or some logistics issues and then you would have charged it and then you know as time passed the results would have come in which would have further you know bolstered your confidence to move further if, if in short you could you know share your experience on the delhi discom part with our listeners so i think uh, rishi i think uh, i think it was a very surprising experience first mm. of all uh, we went everyone has a as an has an impression about discoms in their head that discoms are these oh, oh, I agree. so <laughs> the first image that anyone to any comes to anyone's head is actually that but uh, as uh, engineers uh, we empathize with people who work with very large systems at scale and we have to, who have to manage those systems at scale with uh limited cash flow and that too in a way where they have to do massive steer up now from their non digital way which was not only non digital but also coal based energy system to a renewable based energy system. so there is an immense pressure built on discoms right now we can't really comprehend uh how much pressure there is i mean if we go into this what the energy system of india goes through every day you would be tremendously surprised ab- about the heroic it suddenly the all the effort that all the professionals who are in the energy uh, industry go through every day to keep the lights on it will suddenly look very very heroic right so uh, i think before we went to them we first of all understood this engaged with them for a quarter i think for a good quarter we just engaged with them and first understood the customer well enough who are we dealing with and what is their pain and what is where is that pain coming from there on it was i think uh, more of a process for us we did not look at it from a time delay point of view we looked at it from the point of view of that this is of course happening for the first time there is going to be steps to it uh a quarter would go into technical trials then a quarter would go into integration trials and via quarter because it for a month it needs to be planned for a month it needs to be executed for a month it needs to be reconciled right so from a if uh, from a process point of view things move very fast once we understood the customer well enough once we understood the pain of the grid operators well enough mm-hmm. so it however it took one year i mean after that first quarter also for things to go live but that's the nature of the problem not really i wouldn't call it slow if in in hindsight i would rather call things slow in future if after seeing the adoption if after seeing the outcome things don't move fast enough no that's a that's a fair fair assessment uh you know the last question that i want to put to you v2g is uh, i feel it's a very promising concept if it's used in india because the kind of resources we have and we will have in the future uh, this becomes important but you know what does the future hold for it is it still that the larger industry is is still in a wait and watch mode or we will have to have more use cases of b2g first you know so that the larger infra- ecosystem 
you know, gets to understand the, the usability of this concept? You know, what does the future hold? So Rishi, my, uh, I feel that future is going to be a combination of our execution hmm. and, uh, of course, the, what people think about it as the market timing. So I think from an, I can speak for our execution. I think uh, from our execution strategy point of view, our thought process is very straightforward that. Sorry, I'll just interrupt you and I'll give you a context why I'm asking this question. Yeah, yeah. Right now, India is in the middle of establishing smart meters for power. Yeah. Now, smart meters are the smallest building block, but the most important building block, because if you want to sell energy from China to Europe, you need a smart meter. Yeah. Anything you need to do, you need a smart meter. Okay. I recently met with almost all the smart meter uh, people who are doing it. And yeah. one problem that they face is, again, discoms, because the systems there need to be upgraded without yeah. which smart meters won't work. For example, the billing system is the biggest problem right now. So, yeah. you know, there are teething issues, yeah. which, and, and without those billing systems, because uh, almost 17 discoms right now are not in a condition to, you know, completely upgrade their billing systems. Yeah. Because of financial costs, coordination issues. Yeah. So, you know, in the future, uh, I was, that's why I was asking, Rob, V2G also, may, you know, faces the same fate because you will need a lot of technological upgradation in yeah. systems and yeah. that would require finances. So while a technology could be great, you know, yeah. there could be those shortcomings. Hence, that's the context I was asking. Yeah, no, I, I, this is really helpful, Rishi. So I, I'll just add to it. Uh, so I think if you look into the subsidy data, uh, okay. electricity subsidy that discoms are to receive, for the direct tariff subsidies that they are mandated. Yeah. We know that 50% of the India's electricity consumption is paying the premium, which is CNI. Yeah. And 50% that is agriculture and uh, uh, domestic, that is all subsidized, almost all subsidized. All that subsidization in direct tariff is mandated by governments and that money flows through uh, the central government to state government and state government to the discoms. Similarly, to the st from state government, also some obligations are to be paid. The average delay in this subsidy payment to discoms is around 12 months. Yeah, sometimes more than that. More than that. Yeah. Imagine if some discom has to pay, make make the payments for upgrade or for any kind of payments, right? The yeah. kind of working capital stress they might be having. So the problem now, it's a very unique problem. We can't really change this problem overnight. Yeah. But uh, this is the base reason due to which all these teething issues come in or process delays happen. Now, uh, while I'm working with Sheru, I'm working on Sheru, uh, I'm uh, also working with the uh, Beckin team. So you might have heard of the Beckin Foundation, which is behind uh, UPI, uh, ONDC. So, I do. I do. So basically, Beckin Foundation is building another protocol called UEI, United Energy Interface. Okay. And I'm working closely with the uh, senior stakeholders of Beckin Foundation uh, to really navigate UEI in the right direction from my limited experience, right? So uh, UEI, UEI's objective is to actually deliver those market mechanisms to the overall mm -hmm energy ecosystem, including the large incumbents, including people like discoms, including people like regulatory commissions, including everyone mm -hmm. to 
first of all bring in digitization in the day to day processes okay uh bridge financial payment system gaps mm-hmm. that the market first of all can move and adopt uh the benefit of digital itself i think electricity system is still in a digital transition to digital phase clear yes Which, uh a lot of the hardware that has to come on the last mile for such we technologies like v2g uh has to come that gets slowed down so i think uh, those things will of course uh, are being worked upon that's a clear focus area for a lot of senior stakeholders in the government also so they are also part of this uh, initiative in uei due to which uh, first the base level ecosystem is being created it's being worked upon so i think that's one second ministry of power if you look at the reforms that they are doing at the pace at which they are doing is immense in the last two years i mean it's just crazy every month or two or every three month you get a notification which is very which is very drastic <laughs> time of the day tri- tariffs are supposed to come in by 2024 right yes. 2024 now that can't happen with smart meters not in place but the mm-hmm. moment it comes in smart meters will have to be executed so the pressure is being mounted on execution from the decision makers also in the governance in a very right way so i think that is also in place the third part is now like for example this smart meter issue right uh, one bottom one really ground level reality that i have got to know is that there are a lot of smart meter vendors in india who can supply these meters to discoms right but not every meter is integration tested with discoms there is no single window to which you can do the integration testing and then you com- get compliant with all the discoms that's a great great overview that's a great point you actually milan uh, i recently two of the vendors uh, raised this issue about integration you yeah. so it's a very simple administrative issue which can be solved by creating a single integration window uh, and housing and keeping some ed body like ca the home for it uh, and suddenly the supply will open from hundreds of vendors so whatever was a slow execution will compound it will create a business opportunity also rather so i think uh, there is there is a need to first of all look at all these issues from a systemic point of view and solve them in a very systemic way itself and i am very happy that all the senior stakeholders and decision makers are taking it very seriously they are working towards it and in the next 5 years i have a very i am i am an optimist and with that optimism only i am building sheru but uh, i am very optimistic that all those market mechanisms will deliver i mean as as one of the government officials said when you are working in the fastest emerging emerging market in the world you have to be optimistic or things don't work out but on that note thank you so much ankit you know for being so forthright and you know, giving us the best insights into v2g thank you for your time and and Uh, all the best with your endeavors and we hope uh, and at least we hope to see v2g you know having coming at least on a major scale thank you rishi thank you for the conviction